Champions Week has come and gone with some exciting results. The end of every expansion team's dreams, a suspect hand injury, and a triple crown. Hello? Good afternoon and welcome to the podcast. I'm Nick Drago. Now, I'd like to start the show by wishing the Capitals a job well done. I'll be honest, I always knew a Stanley Cup was in the cards for them, and I've been dreading this day for a long time. Just talking about is really pulling up some vomit in my throat right now, though. So we're just going to move on. Uh, and to Vegas, well, you know what? That was a great storyline. It's it's a shame that it's over now. All right, coming up the show today, we got we get into the NBA Finals, which ended with a whisper on Friday. Subway Series as the Yankees took on the Mets. I mean Mets. And, of course, we get the hype started for the NFL season. And I did math this week. What? Trying to predict the World Cup. So let's get ready to have fun. Sports, sports, sports. Coming up next. Welcome, friends. It's time for another episode of Sports, Sports, Sports. My fiance is just getting back from her bachelorette party this weekend. Woot, woot. Um, and I, meanwhile, was packing boxes and getting ready for a move to Philly, Philly, um, which will be starting next week. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Now, as I mentioned, the Caps won Lord Stanley's Cups, and uh, they'll get to party all summer. I'm also pretty sure that Brian Cashman listens to the show because I totally guessed that the Yankees would take Anthony Siegler in the draft last week. And I was right. Um, so, why don't we kick it off with the NBA, because that party literally just ended. First and foremost, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors for winning their third final in four years. And welcome, officially, to the Dynasty Club. Now, I, I don't even know where to start with this thing. I had to rewrite the entire show this week, thinking that Cleveland would at least win a game. Let's be honest, though. This Cavaliers team was nothing. <clears throat> Um, they came from a weak conference. They barely got past Boston, Indiana to make it here. The one bright spot on the roster, of course, being King LeBron James, who put together one of arguably the best seasons at 33 years old. Now, this is a testament to how good he is, because without James on this roster, the Cavs wouldn't have even made it to the postseason. Or maybe they would just barely, though. They're, they're not even in the same stratosphere without LeBron James. Now, the best part is that James reports he was injured after Game 1's crushing defeat. James apparently was so mad that he took his anger out on a whiteboard in the locker room. I would think he drew a picture of J.R. Smith on the board first. Darn it, I knew I couldn't get through a week without talking about J.R. Smith. <clears throat> um, my question here, though, does LeBron think they would have won had he not been injured? I have a bit of an issue with the implication. He was literally the most consistent player on the court for both teams and should be absolved of any and all blame. In fact, with a broken hand, over the, how was he able to do everything that he did on the court? Did he just make this hand thing up? Or is it true? Many are thinking that maybe he did make it up over the last few days. Perhaps he said it as a way to make himself seem superhuman, or maybe, just maybe, he was protecting his teammates from taking any blame. Regardless, I think we all know that this was his last game being played in a Cleveland Cavaliers uniform, and we can finally let the game of basketball stop distracting us from the true fun of this sport, which is, of course, the wild speculation to come. Now, it's 
Is it too soon to guess on the future of the NHL and NBA free agents? Of course not. Let's overanalyze away. Now, the Rockets may be turning their uh, attention away from the King in order to grab Paul George. With the way things panned out in OKC this offseason, it should come as no surprise if George walks away, especially to a team that would likely have won the finals if, if healthy. Although the Sixers and uh, Lakers also have been murmuring about signing George as well. It's most likely that until James signs, everyone else will be in limbo. Also, the top team to come out of free agency next season could be the Islanders. What? Could they be relevant again? John Tavares, the franchise cornerstone and potential Hall of Famer, met with the Isles' new president in hockey operations, new president of hockey operations, Lou Lamorello, this past week. Prior to his hiring, it was said that Tavares was not speaking to the Islanders' brass. Apparently, he was pretty happy with the signing, and he might be willing to stay. Um, even bigger, though, it was the Islanders who are currently in the lead to sign Ilya Kovalchuk, the former NHL superstar, returning uh, after choosing to play his last few, uh, sorry, his prime years in the KHL. Kovalchuk last played for the Devils in 2015, is likely on everybody's late radar, but was very intrigued to reunite with Devils' farmer boss, Lamorello. Capitals backup goalie Philippe Grubauer um, has become another top target for this team. So while we're on the subject, the Isles also fired head coach Doug Waite, former GM Garth Snow. A lot of fans were very happy about this. Top replacements for head coach are Elaine Vin Vin Whew. Vigneault. 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 Whatever you want to call him. Elaine Vigneault from the Rangers, Barry Trotz, if he doesn't re-sign with the Caps, but realistically, I doubt he's leaving at this point. Maybe leaves assistant DJ Smith and Caps assistant Todd Reardon. Sounds optimistic for the long, long dormant franchise, but let's be real, it's the Islanders. And that's all I'm going to say about that. All right, are you ready for a break? I know I am. We return shortly with all the baseball drama from last week, including the Subway Series, plus we get the NFL chatter started. And, of course, our Athlete of the Week lost something near and dear to his heart. Don't move a muscle. We're coming right back, I promise. You know what's really fun? Having a great advertisement. You know what's really, really fun? Having your great advertisement on the Sports 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 Podcast. Hi, I'm Nick Drago, executive producer of Sports Sports Sports, and I know what you're thinking. You're probably considering us to sell your product, but concerned with the price. Have no fear, friends, because right now we're offering free ad space. Wait, wait, what? There is no way that's true. Well, it is, my friends. And if you want to find out more, please email us at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that email is sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, we're back for baseball. Brace yourself because next week we start to begin our show with MLB Talk since we won't have good old NBA and NHL to kick around anymore. Let's start with the Subway Series. Mets and Yankees. Yankees and Mets played no whopper this past weekend. Yanks swept the series last time. That was last season. Uh, these games are always electric, and this season it did not disappoint. Yanks beat the Metropolitans in Game 1, 4-1. Yesterday's matchup looked good for the fans of the Orange and Blue. Bombers tied it up in the 6th, and a Judgian blast put them over the top in the 8th. Today's game was a late one. We don't have the results as of this recording. Before tonight, though, the Yankees won 9 of their last 10. 
<clears throat> D-backs and Rockies. This has been a pretty fun series. Arizona leading division for a while before Colorado took it two weeks ago and then proceeded to lose it. In what was billed as a big series, turned into a slugfest for the Diamondbacks, scoring no less than eight runs in all three games. Paul Goldschmidt blasted four homers in the first two games of this series. Pirates and Cubs, these two Central Division contenders, Cubs uh, being the obvious choice to win this one. Cubbies took game one and two before the Pirates erupted for seven runs today. John Lester, he threw a one-hitter on Saturday. Chicago has won 11 of their last 14. And the Brew Crew taking on Philly, who haven't looked any better since Jake Arrieta went cuckoo banana psycho on the club last weekend. To make things worse, though, they were outscored 27-11 to in three games against Milwaukee. Brewers had 12 wins in each of the first two games and then lost game three, 4-3 today. Philly should have brought back all the players from the 93 squad that they honored this weekend. They had more home runs in that mini derby than all of the Phil's all year. You can thank Jamie Grum for bringing that one to my attention. All right, let's take a look at the rest of the league. Giants and Nationals in the East Coast versus West Coast matchup. Giants took two wins. Orioles and Blue Jays, that was pretty lame. Legit. Who's paying attention to this one except if you live in Canada and they don't really count? Uh, Blue Jays walked away, though, with all four wins in the sweep, uh, including a walk-off walk on Friday and 13-3 victory today. So that actually turned out to be a nice, fun series. Angels and Twins in Minnesota. Angels won two of the three. Royals and Athletics, neither of them really making noise this year. A's took uh, home two of the three. Oh, this is good. Both of the sock-based franchises played each other in Boston. Nothing scarier than a sock for sure. White Sox embarrassed Boston and took the series. Cardinals and Reds in an all-red matchup. Probably pretty hard to watch if you're colorblind. Uh, St. Louis won two of three. Padres and Marlins with San Diego taking three of the four. Indians and Tigers individual matchup. These two have been uh, heating up in the standings. Very fun to watch. Cleveland took two wins and sits in first in that division. Astros and Rangers, uh, the All-Texas matchup. Honestly, this would have been a top-billing matchup if these two were in the same league. Literally, the Rangers are terrible. Astros took all the games in the sweep. Braves and Dodgers in the last match uh, with each winning a match. Sorry, last matchup, each of them won, uh, and then they played a late one tonight, which is not finished as of this recording. Uh, we have some big baseball games on our way this week as well. Monday night, we have the Cubs and Brewers playing each other. I didn't realize this until I was at Wrigley Field last month, but these two are just 90 miles away from each other, much closer than you would think. Uh, in seven matches this year, the Cubbies have won all but one, so expect some close action uh, we also have the Red Sox and Mariners. They're facing off starting Thursday, and these two haven't played yet this season, but top contenders right now. Boston on pace for 111 wins, and the Mariners just slightly below them, but won nine, I'm sorry, eight of their last ten. All right, let's take a break in the show. When we return, we get the ball rolling for the NFL. World Cup predictions all up the wazoo, and who won the Belmont? Oh, man, do we have an athlete of the week? Sports, sports, sports. We'll be right back, back, back. Ever wonder what your socks taste like? Well, now you can with Food Socks, the only pair of socks that tastes like what they look like. Okay, that's a pretty bad advertisement. Y you know what would work better here, though? Your own ad. Nick Drago here again, offering you a piece of the action right here, right now. Best part is, it can be anything you want it to be. No, wait, 
That isn't the best part. How could I forget the best part? The best part is I'm offering it for free, free ad space. So if you have a product you want me to endorse, please email us at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. I'll be waiting patiently at my computer. All right, the Firekeepers Casino this weekend. Kevin Harlick, Harwick, Harvick. Wow, I just cannot say names today. Get ready when we talk German soccer names. All right, Kevin Harvick, he had a big day. He won the first two legs, but it was Clint Bauer who wound up uh, winning it all. Um, Harvick currently sits behind Kyle Busch in the standings, uh, but he has got more wins. Next matchup is the Toyota Save Mart 350. That's next Sunday. And Formula One returned to the Canadian Grand Prix this weekend with Sebastian Vettel winning another for Ferrari. More importantly, though, the league has continued its rapid talks of growth. This week, it was rumored that they're heavily invested in adding a race into Vietnam within the next two years. Since Liberty Media has been calling the shots, this type of news is, well, common among Formula One. Their goal is to increase viewership in all levels of sport, and they hope to achieve that th th all of their goals by 2021. First step is bringing a bigger presence uh, to the states. Remember last week we talked about a Miami Grand Prix. They plan to change the engines and wheels for the vehicles, but more importantly, put a cap on spending for each team. Right now the sport is, has zero parity because the richer teams always win. I'm looking at you, Ferrari, and I'm looking at you, Mercedes. Folks, we're sitting on a sports with a potential rebirth. This could be fun to watch, and we here at Sports 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 can, will continue to bring you that. World Cup action, it's finally here. This year is a concerning one for American soccer since the USA did not qualify for the World Cup. Instead, I'll have to root for somebody else. Germany is a clear favorite with eight of the top 50 players in the world gracing their roster, including names such as, and, and bear with me here, Thomas Mueller, Mats Hummels, Mesut Ozil, Manuel Neuer, and Tony Cruz. Of course, the runner-ups during, during the last cup, Argentina, They'll be filled with Latin fire as they try to avenge their defeat. They are currently ranked fifth in the world, but having Messi on their roster makes them a prime contender. Obviously, you can't forget Neymar and Brazil trying to win the country's sixth title. Some statistics for you before we get to our predictions. In an article by the BBC, well, we got all kinds of info for you that you're going to want in the World Cup. First off, no country outside of Europe and South America has won it all. Brazil has five. Germany has four. Italy's got four. Argentina and Uruguay, they both have two. And then Spain, France, and England, each of them has one. Thomas Mueller has uh, 10 World Cup goals going into this tournament. So that's 12th all-time and only six away from uh, Miroslav Klaus, his uh fellow teammate, his former teammate and fellow countryman who uh, retired in 2016. Now, if you want to compare that to the other top players in the world, Messi has five, Neymar four, and Ronaldo only three. Um, and on that note, it's been noted that teams don't shoot as much as they used to, so don't expect a high-scoring affair in either of these games. Now, it's soccer, so you should never expect a high-scoring affair, but don't expect much. The other uh, topic brought up by the BBC, and maybe this is just a bit of boasting, but while England's home team isn't great, Premier League and their top three tiers um, is England, in England uh, has supplied the most World Cup players, 130. Only 67 come from Bundesliga, the German League, and 81 coming from La Liga, the Spanish League. Also, England is the only team in which all 23 players play Football, we'll call it football. We don't have to call it soccer today. It's I'll, I'll go for you guys in England. Uh, 
all 23 players on the English roster play in England. They don't play in any other league. So that's big because they're the only team in which that happens. Um, <clears throat> the home team, they're normally going to play better in front of the home crowd, except for Spain and Brazil, who actually play better in tournaments in which they do not host. And the last piece of knowledge that this article dropped on us is that if your team does end up giving up a penalty shot, you don't want your opponent to be Germany, who has never missed in the World Cup. Now, we here at Sports, Sports, Force, Sports, 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 let's see how many times I can say that, uh, we asked our soccer expert and analyst, Timothy Nunzig, about who the top team is to win the World Cup. Now, he has four bold predictions for us, the first being who the top scorer was. Now, these are going to be his words. Number one, Kailan Mbappe. Mbappe. Sounds like the name of a song. Uh, he's from France. Fantastic young player entering his prime. He'll uh, benefit from Antoine Gritzman's uh, run into space and Oliver Giroud's uh, physicality in the box, distracting defenses, and opening up operations. Opportunities. <laughs> it's really hard to read somebody else's words. Let's, let's say that again. So he's going to benefit from having Antoine Greitzman, uh, who runs in the space, and Oliver Garrod's physicality in the box, distracting defenses, and opening up opportunities. See, it's much better when you know what's coming. Number two, with the USA's failure to qualify, more of the spotlight has been put on Mexico. But don't be surprised if Mexico fails to advance to the knockout stage. Germany is a clear favorite from that group. South Korea's Huang Min Sun is the group's most talented player outside of the German team and is coming off a great EPL season. He may be too much for Mexico and Sweden to handle. Mexico is also entering the tournament with some major issues, mainly the fans' strong disapproval of coach Juan Carlos Osorio and the recent scandal involving the team partying with prostitutes before taking off for Russia. Sounds like fun. Number three, Tim's pick to win it all is Germany. Yeah, big surprise. But Tim correctly picks them to win. He correctly picked them to win last time around, so he's doubling down. Germany has lots of young, hungry players, having won last year's Confederations Cup and the U21 Euros. Combine that with the same core and coach that won it all four years ago, and it's hard to bet against them. And lastly, number four, the team to watch is Croatia. Aside from Spain, Croatia might have the strongest midfield in the entire tournament. They will rely mostly on main playmaker Lucas Modric, uh, who is widely considered the best midfielder in the world. Um, the defense still has some quick question, some question marks, uh, but they'll have dangerous wide players. They have dangerous wide players, like wide as in round, wide as in. <clears throat> Let me start that sentence over. <clears throat> Luka Modric, who is clearly considered the best midfielder in the world, the defense still has some question marks, but they have dangerous wide players, particularly Ivan Peris Perizic, and a couple of. Workhorse strikers to provide support. Okay, let's start by eliminating the teams that have no chance of advancing to Russia. So uh, what I did was I took every single team myself to create my own predictions. Historically, I found a quick, a nice little pattern. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start. We're going to eliminate all the teams uh, that had no chance of advancing, including... Russia, Saudi Arabia, Morocco, Iran, Australia, Nigeria, Costa Rica, Serbia, Korea, Sweden, Panama, Japan, and Senegal. Now, I know there's a few teams in there that Mr. Timothy Nunzig said to look out for. I don't agree. All right? <clears throat> now, 
There's too many good teams in the, in the groups for those people, those teams, to advance. Then you have a couple of toss-ups like Peru and Denmark. They're both in the same group, but they're pretty closely matched. And the same goes for Iceland and Croatia in Group D and T Tunisia and uh, England in Group G. Regardless, I would just eliminate all of those teams as well. Just throw them out the door. And if you're mad about the host team Russia being eliminated immediately, don't be. They are the lowest-ranked World Cup team to ever be included in the tournament. Now, Qatar is going to break that record in just a few years, but uh, we have some time for that. Moving on, the single elimination stage of the event. The remaining teams we have now are Uruguay, Egypt, Portugal, Spain, France, Argentina, Brazil, Switzerland, Germany, Mexico, Belgium, Poland, and Colombia. Let's eliminate the teams outside the top 10 in rankings as their chances are significantly lower. So, goodbye Egypt, Colombia, Uruguay, and Mexico. This is where get, things get a little tricky in our analysis. Now, only 12.5% of World Cup winners have never made it to the final draw in past tournaments. That number is only 5% if we only look at the last 40 years. So, safe to say we can drop Portugal, Switzerland, Belgium, and Poland, leaving us with Spain, France, Argentina, Brazil, and Germany. Five teams remaining. <clears throat> now, the last time we had a repeat champion was in 1962. It took Brazil... When Brazil took it home in a tournament that only consisted of 16 teams uh, instead of today's 32. If anyone can repeat, it's Germany, but history is not on their side when you look at the, at the fact that the feat hasn't been done for 52 years. Plus, a loss to Brazil and a draw to Spain in March doesn't really instill much confidence. So, runners-up, they don't always fare well either, but it's happened twice in the last, two uh, last seven tournaments. In fact, it's more common... For a team to make it to the finals two to three tournaments ago. So what that means, if somebody made it there two or three years ago, they're more likely to make it back this time around. So if you look at those numbers, right, 47.5% of the, of the teams that made it two to three years ago make it to the finals in the last 84 years, 47.5%. That number is a whopping 55% in just the last 10 tournaments. This means our pool is down to just two teams, Spain and France. Now, I'm not saying that these two are going to be playing in the finals. I'm not saying that either one is going to win, but they have the highest chance to get back based on historical precedence. Now, you're probably laughing, but let's see what happens at the end of the tourney if one of these two teams remains. At least... It gives me something to root for since the U.S. can't get their spit together. All right, that's a lot of soccer. Why don't we flip over to American football? <clears throat> now, I'm sure you're getting the football itch right about now, right? It's that weird time of the year with the NFL free agency, the combine, the draft. They're all over. Teams are starting to practice and work out again. So I'm here to fill the void for you, friends. Week by week, I'm going to review a different division as a way to count down to the start of the preseason this week. Let's observe the NFC East since the Eagles are Super Bowl champs. Question, if the Redskins win the Super Bowl, would they visit the White House? And would Trump make a racist remark about Native Americans? Fortunately, we won't be getting that answer. Armed with new quarterback, Washington fans will probably be excited, but make no mistake, Alex Smith is a downgrade from Kirk Cousins. Early rumblings from camp suggest that he's connecting well with their other new offensive piece, Paul Richardson, uh, and slot receiver <clears throat> Jamison Crowder, 
but I don't see this team being better than the Cowboys, Giants, and Eagles. In the first half of the season, they play the Packers, Saints, Panthers, Cowboys, Giants, and Falcons all in a row, so yeah, I'm saying last place in the NFC East right here. The Giants, they make a splash, bring in Penn State standout Saquon Barkley during the draft, but is that enough to put them ahead of the defending champs and America's team? Probably not. Odell Beckham remains one of the top receivers in the NFL, but Eli Manning isn't who he used to be. Um, and, and realistically, last season, he didn't look up to snuff. I, I think New York is going to show some improvement, but they aren't a legitimate contender. For the Cowboys, the true question is offensive line. Is that what it needs to be? We knew Elliott can play. We know Dak can play. We know Witten and the defense can play. However, when this team downgraded its offensive line last summer, it really showed. The new O-line coach, Paul Alexander, seems to think that this year is going to be different. Uh, their O-line includes Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and Travis Frederick with a combined 13 Pro Bowl appearances. Plus, they have Lyle Collins. Now, they did lose Des Bryant, which hurts the offense, but all in all, I think this could be a good season for Cowboys fans. Just not as good as the Eagles. <clears throat> Allow me to sum up the Eagles' word, the Eagles' offseason in just one word. Boring! This team's biggest accomplishment was ensuring that Nick Foles doesn't go anywhere, and honestly, that's how it should be. God forbid something happens to Wentz again. Eagles basically kept the entire roster intact, so that's a positive. Can they repeat? Well, probably not. It's been about 15 years uh, since the last time that happened. And unlike other sports, it's incredibly rare in football. On top of that, and this is not meant to be anything to, to, to take away anything from the Eagles for winning the Super Bowl last year, but last season was uncharacteristically sloppy for most of the usual contenders. And that includes the Patriots at certain points in the year. So to reiterate, Redskins last, Giants followed by the Cowboys, and then the Eagles. If you have a different take or you're very grumpy angry about what I just said, email us, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Again, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. I'll be looking forward to it. The Belmont Stakes, that was this weekend, and it was justifiably insane. See what I did there? Justify becomes the second horse in 40 years to win the Triple Crown, and the last horse to do so was American Pharaoh. That was 2015, so congrats to the young stud on one of the rarest feats in sports. Hey, have you ever left something on top of your car? You know, maybe you're uh, you're getting a coffee, you're going out, and you drop, like, a coffee cup up there, and then you drive away, right? Falls off, get all angry. Happens to everybody. Actually, it doesn't happen to me, but probably to you. <clears throat> uh, this week's Athlete of the Week did just that, though. He left on his car. What he left on his car may just qualify him for a Darwin Award. New York Giants co-captain and long snapper Zach Diossi left his two Super Bowl rings on top of his car. What were they doing there to begin with? That we'll never know. But the fact is that only one was recovered. Now, a resident walking his dog, he had found the ring among the pile of a pile of broken glass. He picked it up, dusted it off, gave it to the police. The police had been looking for it because D.O.C. reported it stolen. Here's the kicker, though. The resident had found another piece of, uh, a large piece of shattered glass, cleaned it up, threw it out. That's most likely where the other Super Bowl ring was. So he threw out one ring, found the other, gave it back, so D.O.C.'s happy. However, the cost of those rings is estimated for $15,000 each. Oof. DOC does plan to get a replacement, but states that nothing can replace the original in his heart. 
I do feel bad for the guy, though. Or So anyone out there with a spare Super Bowl ring or $15,000 in cash, let me know. You can send it directly to me. Uh, or just email us, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. No mail this week. Boo, fans. Come on. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or just general silliness, please email us, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Do I have to say it again? You can also tweet at us at sports3xpodcast. I've been a lot more vocal on Twitter this week. It's kind of fun. When prompted on who she thought would win the NBA title, Michelle Brum responded with, Warriors? Maybe? Sure. Well, Michelle, congrats on uh, not only making a correct prediction, but congrats on commenting. So many people to thank this week. Let's start with our content editor, as usual, Johanna Albert. She also designed the logo for our podcast, and she's been doing a stellar job writing questions for the Jamie Grum segments. Uh, the music for this podcast is a song called Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. A link to his website can be found in the show notes. Thank you to Tim Nunzig, our soccer analyst, for helping with this week's segment. His nickname is Special Agent Timoteo Brown Bear, so if you see him on the street, please call him that. Facebook friends include the Albert family, Mary Kay and Gary, who shared us. Plus, we get a like from Brendan O'Keefe and Kim Bafalco all the way out in California. Thanks, Kim. Our Twitter exploded this week as I learned how to hashtag new followers, including Celt the Celtics and Chill podcast, Gino Hard, Chief Wahoo, Ice Hockey Guide, Orioles Sports Talk, Royals Magic Media Network, the Cardiff Brothers, Detroit Deal Finder, Christina Weber, Paul Kerrigan, and Republico Umberto Gonzalez. We also get a retweet from Steve Roberts, who, according to him, is just a guy from a dreary old town in uh, dreary old London seeking to leave the, better, the world better than I found it. Jamie Grum, real superstar, graciously allowing us to postpone his segment so we can cover more soccer. Also, thanks to Michelle Grum. She's our fan of the week. She gets that award for being the most active and retweeting and replying to many of our online contests. Our Twitter is at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, sorry, that's our email. <laughs> our Twitter at sports3xpodcast. Come find us. All right, what do we have coming up this week? Let's see. No hockey, no basketball. I've already mentioned baseball, uh, specifically the Boston and Seattle series. Uh, oh, golf. Yeah, yeah, U.S. Open golf. Yep, that's next weekend. Russia and Saudi Arabia, they open up the World Cup play. That's on Thursday. All right, it's time to end our show for today. Don't forget, like, comment, share, email us, tweet at us, and we're a big sandwich board sign of work that says sports, sports, sports is here. Now, I have to catch a plane to Singapore, Dennis Rodman. Uh, he wants to introduce me to some Korean friend of his. Our email is sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at sports3xpodcast. If you're searching for us on Apple Podcasts and having trouble, type my name, Nick Drago, into the search bar, and please leave a review. All right, friends, it was fun hanging out with you. But that's it for today. I'm Nick Drago, and you have a great day.